Assalamu alaikum, peace be with you. You're listening to Cup of Parenting podcast and I'm your host Aisha, a pediatric speech and language therapist, mom of seven and parenting coach here in the UK. Assalamu alaikum warahmatullahi wabarakatuh. Today inshallah we are going to be talking about the importance of family in Islam. So, Before we begin, don't forget if you haven't already done so, you can download my free printable planner to keep yourself organized at www.cupofparenting.com/planner. So let's start by exploring the actual Arabic word for family, which is usra and the lexical meaning behind the word. Now this word is derived from the meaning of unity, closeness and protection. and it refers to a group of people being connected together and they are connected through close ties which help them uh, be together and have this family unity and that's what we mean when we say family and that's what we should expect when we are living within a family now families will vary from the different ties that are holding them together be different people will have different priorities that that they share and also the family structure itself will differ depending on whether you know your children living with your parents whether you're married couple living with each other and your children whether you live in a small family or you live in an extended family where there's grandparents aunts uncles as well it varies from person to person what their individual family unit looks like and the members of a family are connected in various different ways okay You have the marriage contract which binds the husband and wife together and Allah Subhanahu wa ta'ala himself said about this it's a solemn covenant in chapter 4 of the Quran and this marriage contract should inshallah be enriched with love and compassion and mercy that a couple has for each other in order to make it really strong and this is what will then protect their children if they are blessed with children inshallah going forward Okay. And as Muslims as believers we believe and Allah Subhanahu wa ta'ala tells us that the men and the women are protectors of one another. What does this mean? It means you enjoin what is good on each other. Yeah, you encourage each other to do good, you encourage each other to not do bad, to abstain from evil, you observe regular prayers, you practice charity and you obey Allah and his messenger and then you would expect Allah Subhanahu wa ta'ala says that on them Allah will pour his mercy because Allah is exalted in power and wise now you also have the relationship not only of the husband and wife towards each other but the parents who have rights upon the children the children who have rights upon the parents so as children they are expected to be fed and clothed and nourished and looked after by you and for you to offer support for them growing up and when they've grown up as well and then you would expect that in turn you would have mutual respect from them and understanding from them you might also have elderly people who are living within your family unit and islamically you also have to not only show love and compassion towards children but also respect for the elderly as the prophet peace be upon him taught us to and There's an entire chapter of the Quran, the fourth chapter, Surah An-Nisa, which addresses the rights of human beings on each other as well as laying the foundations for a family. The opening verse urges and encourages 
mankind to acknowledge that all human beings share the same roots okay we all share the same ancestors prophet adam peace be upon him and hawa may allah be pleased with them or eva some people know her as and this highlights the connection that we all have towards one another in society and the fact that we share a common ancestor okay it was the first male and the first female on earth and the quran verse about marriage also signifies the bond between man and woman as spouses and being created for each other it is he who created you from one soul and created from it its mate that he might dwell in security with her so there are various reasons in islam why a family is so important on a base level if you think about it as building blocks at the bottom a family unit itself should provide a really strong place where you can get love and mercy from each other if you think of a family unit as building blocks okay if you think of building blocks in terms of individuals in society right at the bottom you have families now imagine all these really well connected well respected families full of love and mercy and compassion at the bottom and then on the bigger picture all built up like bricks you have the muslim ummah okay the wider muslim ummah family that we all belong to and that's why you know for the benefit of society as a whole it's really important to invest time and effort in creating a really safe and nurturing family environment everybody should strive to do this so the, first of all you have the foundation of what it means to be a family or to have a family and you would expect within the family unit you have these different individuals that they know what their different roles are and they can get support off one another so another important point is the family is a source of mercy in islam what do you mean by this allah subhanahu wa ta'ala we know is the most merciful okay and he has designed the family as a source of love support and mercy because allah subhanahu wa ta'ala said in the quran and amongst his signs is that he created for you spouses from amongst yourselves so that you might find tranquility in them and between you he has placed love and mercy allah subhanahu wa ta'ala tells us this so this is a source of love and mercy that when you are having your ups when you are having your downs when you're going through different points and pinnacles in your life you come back to the family unit and you can expect from the family unit to get love and to get mercy and this is really important especially in today's day and age where different people are going through different problems and difficulties and trials and the family should always be a place where you can come back to and you can dip in and experience that love and mercy and that support from one another inshallah another really important point is to know the rights and responsibilities so islam has very clearly outlined what the rights and responsibilities are from the moment you sign the nikah the marriage contract you are obligated with rights and responsibilities that you have on each other as a couple you have rights that the husband has upon the wife and that the wife has upon the husband and it's really important to educate ourselves and know what these are a lot of people will spend a lot of time and effort doing a fantastic five star wedding in the best halls with the best cars with the best clothes with the best food but then they don't give any priority to understanding what it is that the responsibilities are that you should have for each other then apart from you know knowing the responsibilities towards each other you have the responsibility on the children and the children are taught to love and honor and respect their parents 
within the family unit the mother herself subhanallah has her own status okay we all know that the prophet sallallahu said in answer to the man who asked who was the most important and deserves the most respect he said your mother your mother your mother and then your father when he was repeatedly questioned so this is a another topic entirely but within the family unit everybody should be aware of the role of the mother and of the position of the mother that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has given subhanallah okay even if the mother is a non-muslim as long as you're not going against the teachings of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala you still have to show her that level of respect and compassion and mercy such is her status then you have the role of communication now effective communication is so important it's important anyway you know as human beings you survive on communicating with one another from the moment a baby is born the baby cries and the crying is a form of communication right? and as a mom you'll have that bond with the baby immediately you will know why he or she is crying is it because they want feeding is it because they want changing is it because they're hungry is it because they're in pain and you'll learn to recognize this this communication that you put so much emphasis on when a baby is born should never stop and unfortunately we see this we see it all the time in counseling sessions when you know um, families approach us and they have a communication issue either the husband isn't communicating with the wife the wife's not communicating with the husband or the children are communicating with the parents especially when it comes to certain topics that maybe they just found out about them in school or elsewhere in society and they have questions as parents they should feel comfortable and confident in order to come to you to get advice and answers to their questions and if you don't know the answer to the question that's fine you can seek the answer from a more knowledgeable person you can get support from somebody else and explain it whatever it is to them or you know signpost them or take them to somewhere where they can get the answers to the question but unfortunately what happens a lot of the time and i've seen this happen is either is either parents um, tell the children off for asking such questions or they just shut them down and say there's no need for them to know the answer to the question so then what happens what happens is the children go and get the answers from other places from other sources whether that's on the internet online their friends at school or other people that you may or may not want them to get the answers off they will get the answers because they're not getting that communication from you and that's why this is really really important and i can't highlight how important this is you know we have teenagers regularly that come to the masjid for counseling sessions where these are known families to us but where there is a massive communication gap between the elders and the youngsters so much so that sometimes the elders will be in denial because we'll get their side of the story and they might say something like um no that that issue will absolutely not be something affecting my child you know that's not what's wrong with my child that issues never happened to us as a family but then when you speak to the children separately and you ask them in an open and non-judgmental way in a child-friendly way if they're young what is it that's affecting you they'll, they'll tell you straight away that this is what's been happening it's been happening for this many years and there's a range of issues out there that are going on in that are affecting children in society today but we need to not turn a blind eye to them or 
you know, not have that communication where we're in denial. We need to have an open communication where our children feel safe to come to us as the family in order to guide them or to answer their questions. So this is why it's really, really important. The Prophet ﷺ exemplified this himself by actively listening to his family members and also seeking their counsel. He would seek their advice as well and consult them. So we should be doing the same, especially when it comes to making decisions as a family. If it's appropriate, involve your children from a young age. Don't just tell them, ask them as well. You'd be surprised. Uh, you know that they might have opinions and suggestions as well another really important point is knowing your family values in action okay and family values aren't something that is just theory they're not supposed to be theoretical they're supposed to be lived you always as muslims strive to be a best, the best muslim that you can be strive to be a really perfect role model so your children can copy you inshallah but aside from this what particular values hold your family down and I make my students do this in, in one of the courses that I do because I make them write it down because lots of people don't know. And if you don't know, that means your children don't know. And you should sit with your children. We've done this as a family and do it as an exercise. Like what are the few core values that you're living by when you wake up and you do anything, whether that's your education or your work, what is it you're striving for as a family? What are, few, what are the few things you would like to live by in terms of your values and have them written down on a paper on a chart you know in the hallway or somewhere prominent in your house where people can see them and children are inspired by them you know you walk into schools and you see all these quotes and these really nice sayings written on the classroom walls and in the corridors that are really inspiring and encouraging this the schools, every single school will have their ethos and their values you should have this as a family and your children should know what they are and know what they're striving for and know what you stand for as a family. Another point is when you go through challenges, you should do it together as a family and come up with solutions as a family. Like all families, Muslim families will also face challenges. We are all going to be tested. We've already been told this by Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Some of us will be tested by trials through our children or by trials through our work, you know, financially and we have guidance on how we should go through these challenges okay you sit down and discuss it as a family first and foremost if there's a one person in particular who's struggling with whatever it is as a family have you provided them with that support and i mean moral support emotional support physical support financial support if it's appropriate whatever it is okay and even islamically think about when you're supposed to be offering something like um charity you are supposed to look at your family first and then those relatives around you who might have that need as well so again through the umbrella of love and compassion and mercy you should be able to help the individual because this is what they should be getting from the family they should be getting love and they should be getting mercy Allah SWT has told us these two qualities and imagine if your family is full of these two qualities how emotionally fulfilled you'll be and then how productive that'll make you as a person that you'll know you can always go back to the family to get those um you know to get to get love to get compassion when you need it and finally i want to finish off by this thought so in the seven habits book by stephen Covey, it's a really really famous book seven habits of highly effective people in one of the chapters he opens by describing a scene where he says imagine you're dead 
okay, which we don't normally do. But we do agree that we're all going to die at some point. And also, we don't know. Nobody knows. Regardless of what they believe in, everybody believes that they will die one day and that we don't know when this day will come, okay? So he says, imagine it's the day of your funeral and you're looking up like a bird's eye view at your funeral and it's come to the point where people are giving speeches about you. So, you know, when someone dies and they have the ceremony and they'll often say a few words about the deceased. And he says, think about when it comes to your family, what are they saying about you? So in your absence, now you've gone, you've left the dunya. Are they saying good things about you? What do they remember you for? What kind of person were you? What legacy did you have? Did you leave anything behind in particular? What, what kind of person were you in the family? And the reason why this is so, so important is because, you know, in your absence, your family should hopefully have good things to say about you. You should be a person that's good with them and to them and with, you know, with each other. And the reason why this is so important is because where I live, you know, as community leaders, we see quite a lot of funerals coming through the masjid and every funeral is different. And, you know, every funeral has its own story, but there have been funerals of people who have really, really large families, but at the graveyard, there have been a handful of people who have turned up due to the individual's, you know, personal characteristics. And I'm not saying this in a judgmental way because, you know, um, may Allah forgive us and guide us. We are all going to die one day. But you would expect at certain funerals that you're going to get a huge turnout and people are going to be really upset and talk about the person. But they haven't, there's nobody there because maybe the person didn't spend that time investing in their family or doing tarbiyah to their family. And their family don't have much importance of either the person or the funeral ceremony, or both, okay? Conversely, we've also seen funerals where it's been packed out with people, they haven't, there hasn't been space to stand because that individual, starting with their own family, has had a huge impact on the community and everybody's mourning them as if they were their own family member, okay? So really think about this. Within your own family, do you understand the roles and the responsibilities that you have towards one another? And do the children understand these roles and responsibilities? What kind of family are you if you had to describe yourselves? And, you know, everybody's different. Everyone has their different way of doing things. Everyone's not the same. For example, if I asked you what as a family you'd like, where would you like to go out on a day out? Some people would straight away say the beach. Some people would say seaside. Some people would say we're an adventure seeking family would like mountain climbing or hiking. It's different for everyone. But what I'm saying is within your family unit, even though you have your differences amongst each other, what are your common core values and what kind of characteristics do you share as a family? Do you have love and compassion and mercy for each other? Are you role models for your children and are they role models for other children? And are they aware of their beliefs and what they are striving to aim for so i hope you found this useful inshallah and as we conclude let us remember the words of the prophet sallallahu when he said the best of you is the one who is the best to his family may we all be the best to our families and in doing so may we all come closer to the mercy of allah subhanahu wa ta'ala i hope you found this useful inshallah see you next time assalamu alaikum warahmatullahi wabarakatuh